Welcome to the Discover You Podcast with your host, James Hooper, spiritual and personal discovery author, speaker, teacher, and coach. James helps you find who you were created to be and guides you to the most fulfilling life you can experience. On this podcast, we'll guide you through discovering what energizes and motivates you, why you think the way you think, act the way you act, and react the way you react. We'll learn together how to grow through spiritual truths to become the best version of yourself possible. If you haven't yet, please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Also, you can go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us so they can begin their own growth journey. I wanted to talk a little bit about something that is pretty close to my heart, something that I've experienced quite a bit in my life. If you're going to be self-aware, if you're going to be discovering more about yourself, which is what this podcast is all about, discovering more about yourself, then you're going to have to be aware that there are going to be periods of rejection in your life. You're going to be rejected periodically. Now, this is not anything pleasant that anybody wants to think about, but it's just a, a fact. It's a truth that in our lives we are going to be rejected. So I want to talk about the four stages of rejection. The four stages of rejection. Two of these stages are healthy and normal, and two of them are unhealthy and abnormal. So we'll discuss them as we go along. Let's start off with actually the word rejection or rejected. If you look at the dictionary, the word rejected means to refuse to accept someone or something or rebuff. Another meaning, an alternative meaning, is to discard as useless or unsatisfactory. And yet another is to cast out. So if you've experienced rejection in your life, you understand these meanings. The one especially to discard as useless or unsatisfactory. You know, there are periods in my life, and I still experience it. We're not immune from it. We'll probably still experience rejection until the day we die. So learning to deal with rejection and being rejected in a healthy manner is all part of discovering who you are and becoming very self-aware. I did a podcast episode on being self-aware, and we talked about blind spots and, and talked about knowing who you are, knowing the different things with your motivational gifts, and this podcast is basically based on that. Understanding how you deal with rejection is one of the things that's going to help make you successful or will keep you down. Rejection kind of started early for me because of the fact that I was uh, I was kind of the pudgy kid. I was never very athletic. I was never I wasn't ever the most popular kid. So in the playground, whenever we chose sides to play football or baseball or tag or I don't know, whatever we were playing at the time, I was typically always the last one chosen. Now, I'm not saying these things for you guys to feel sorry for me. I'm trying to give you some perspective in that I've experienced rejection all of my life. I was the firstborn in the family. And so then two years later, my sister came along. Well, that's fine because it was a girl. Well, then Six years later, my brother was born, and I wasn't the only boy in the family. You know, that was probably a little bit traumatic for me, 
I remember one of my uncles, the day my brother was born, we were at my grandparents' house while mom and dad were at the hospital having my brother. And my dad's youngest brother told me that they'd had a baby and it was a boy. And he tried to comfort me and console me because he felt like I was going to feel rejected or feel put aside. At that time, I didn't really feel that way. But I don't know if over the period of time that I began to feel that at some point. Now, at this point in time in my life, and actually pretty early on, I began, I accepted my brother, and he's he's one of my best friends. In fact, in, in school, and I was in high school, and even after I graduated high school, he was my running buddy. We would go do things together. He always looked older than he really was, and so uh, we just went together. We did things together. And like I've said, he's he's the networker. He's the one that he's going to introduce himself to people and stuff like that. So I needed somebody around me that would do that because I was an introvert. He's he's an introvert somewhat, but as a rule, he's going to meet people. He's going to talk to them. And so when we were out looking for girls, then I wanted my brother with me because he could do some talking and things like that. You know, we chased girls, not that we ever caught any, but we did that. Probably early on, I felt a little rejection because of that, but it was short-lived. I don't remember really ever feeling it, but I'm sure there was some somewhere. As I got older and began to go through life, I felt inferior because of I wasn't perfect. I wasn't the athletic build. I wasn't the most handsome. I didn't. I didn't think I was. I was just kind of average, and. Even as I say that word in my mouth, I just get a bad taste in my mouth. I cannot stand the word average. I can't stand the word medium or average. I just can't stand those words. It's either you're going to be excelling or you're just not going to do anything. Average is not even part of the vocabulary anymore. I don't want to be average. I want to stand out. And so that's what I've done all my life is try to stand out. Even though I was trying to fit in, as I became more comfortable with myself. So let's let me rephrase that in saying when I became more comfortable with who I was, when I turned 40, I really became comfortable with who I was. At that point, I wanted people to see the differences in me, to see who I really was, because I knew that made me special, made me unique, and gave me a perspective. Anyway, back in high school, actually before high school, because I, I loved girls I never went through the stage of girls were yucky. I never went through that stage. I remember my dad was pastoring a church in Garland, Texas in 1969. I was six years old, and we were in this portable building, and we had the old theater seats. You know, they had a wooden back. The seat uh, rate popped up, and you lowered them down. So I sat on the back row in between two teenage girls, on top of the seat in the upright position. I would sit on top of it. I had my arms around the girl. I was six. I mean, I was a player at six. So I always had this this thing about girls, and I always loved girls. Well, that's been the major point of rejection for me because I had what you could say the proverbial champagne taste with a beer budget. I had champagne taste in girls, but my looks were like a beer budget. Again, I'm not self-deprecating. I'm just saying in my own eyes back then. And in high school, junior high and high school, you know, you have to admit I wasn't the most attractive. I wasn't 
the most lovable or what I was lovable, maybe not lovable, but I was, I wasn't what most girls in high school, because, you know, girls in high school, there wants, they want something that after you get out of high school, you get older, you realize I really don't want that. I want somebody more like James. I wanted, so I was always the big brother. You know, I played the big brother role in most of the girls' lives. Instead of a romantic interest, I was their confidant. I was their big brother. I was always kind to them. I always would show them affection. I always would be myself around them, pretty much. Uh, there were times that I was, I played the role and that a lot of guys in my class were, and I was a jerk, and I did some things that I'm not proud of, said some things that I'm not proud of, but it was high school, and you just do things in high school sometimes you just don't, you're not proud of. But as a rule, I was kind. I was I was raised that way. I was taught to be a gentleman. I was, you know, I'm from the South. I opened doors. I said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I said, yes, sir, no, sir, and that sort of thing. But I always went after the most attractive, the most popular, the ones that everyone wanted. That's the ones I went after. And I was constantly being rejected. The phrase was, I like you as a friend, but not any other way. I don't like you that way. I like you as a friend. You know, that's a dagger in the heart of a young man. You know, it's like, no, I don't want to be your friend. I want to be your boyfriend. You know, I, I experienced that quite often in my life. And then growing up as a Pentecostal, I also felt inferior because I felt rejected because we were different. You know, we were just different as Pentecostals. We expressed ourselves differently. There were different things that we did in our style of worship that was different. So I had that rejection as well. So I, I lived with rejection quite often. And as you learn more about yourself, you learn that rejection can do one of two things. Rejection can either make you feel worse about yourself or it can incentivize you to be better. So I always tried to improve myself, always tried to be better, but I did feel pretty inferior. And I'm telling these long stories, this long story about myself, just to let you know about rejection, that you're going to experience rejection, and it may be in the romantic areas, it may be you want a job, but they don't accept you, they don't, they pick someone else. You feel like you're the most qualified for the position, you feel like you're best suited for it, but you don't get the job, so you feel rejection. That's where you start feeling like somebody has discarded you as useless or unsatisfactory. So you go from that stage of being rejected to the stage of feeling dejected. Dejected means being depressed in spirits, disheartened, or low-spirited. This is a normal. Being rejected is normal. Feeling rejection is normal. Then feeling dejected is normal. These are normal things. Because when you are rejected, it's like there's a death. Because you have this, you've imagined this scenario. You've When I talk about the girls I dealt with and the girls I was going after, before I even approached them, I imagined the scenario of us out on the date. And most of the time I was showing them off to all the boys, all of my friends. You know, look, I got this pretty girl and it made me feel more of a man and and I had built this scenario in my mind and in my imagination. When you build things in your imagination, they're basically alive. They're basically real to you. 
But when you get rejected and you feel rejection and they cast you out or they discard you, you feel that they, they feel like you're useless, you're unsatisfactory. Unsatisfactory is the thing I felt most of the time. Then you begin to feel dejected, begin to be depressed in your spirit because it's a mourning, it's a grieving period because it's a death of a dream. You had a dream of that job. This is, I could do this job. I can make this more money. We can afford this. Then that there's a death. And so you have to grieve that, the death of that dream. And we have to go through grieving when there's a death in our life. It's normal. It's healthy to go through grieving. I know there are people that say, you know, you don't have to grieve. You can mind over matter and all that mess. I'm here to tell you grieving is a natural, normal process because when something dies, whether it be a real person or it's a dream which is real to you, it's real life to you, you're going to have to grieve. So that's the dejection, the being dejected. You you feel depressed. You feel disheartened because you were on this mountain peak. You had this idea and you were going to do this other stuff. Well, that's where the healthy part stops. You go through the grieving process and then you begin to dream again. Then you begin to imagine again. The third step is where we go get into the unhealthy stage. And I call this the reflected stage. It's the seeing yourself. You begin to see yourself as rejected. See yourself as a reject. See yourself as unsatisfactory. You begin to see yourself. You begin to look at yourself, look at the mirror, see your reflection. In fact, one of the definitions of reflected is to give back or show an image of or mirror. So you look in the mirror and you see yourself as that person that is actually useless. You're unsatisfactory. You begin to see yourself that way. And you're delving into dangerous territory when you see that. If you go through the rejection stage into the dejection stage, but then you begin to go back into the imagination stage, begin to imagine again, begin to hope again, begin to believe in yourself, begin to understand, listen, that I wasn't right for that situation. I wasn't right for that person. They, Maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but that's their choice now. They've made their choice. Too bad, so sad. They've missed out. I'm going to move on and I'm going to be there for someone else. I'm going to be there for another position. Something else, something better is going to come along. You move out of that dejection stage back into hope, back into imagination But if you start moving into the reflected stage, the reflection stage where you start seeing yourself as uh, rejection, you're seeing yourself as rejected, you're seeing yourself as unsatisfactory, see yourself as useless, unacceptable to someone, then you start seeing yourself as unacceptable to everyone. Then that moves you into the fourth stage, which is the projected or projection, projected. Hey guys, I just wanted to break away for a quick moment to remind you there are two different ways that you can actually help sponsor this podcast. Number one, you can go to the website for the book, the Discover You book, and the website is discoveryou-book.com, discoveryou-book.com. There's a link that will send you to Amazon, and for $9.99, you can have your very own copy. Secondly, in the description of this podcast, there is a link that you can click where you can go and set up a monthly monetary donation. Any amount would be great. Any amount would help us 
So please consider sponsoring and help joining those that are already supporting us. I appreciate you guys for listening and now back to the episode. You begin to project that thought, that thought that you were useless, that thought that you were unsatisfactory, that thought that you were unacceptable. You begin to project that onto people. And so no matter what they really think about you, you think they think you're unacceptable. You think they think you're a reject. And so you start reacting before they ever start acting, before they ever say what they're going to say. Even if they say things, you interpret it through the mindset of, hey, you think I'm useless. You think I'm unacceptable. And so you become defensive and you start imagining things. You start hearing things that they're not really saying. You can interpret something they're saying and you twist it in your mind because in your mind, they think you're a reject. They think you are useless. They think you are unsatisfactory. And so you're projecting it onto other people. That is a very dangerous place to be, very unhealthy because of the fact that you will never have a good, healthy relationship with anyone. You'll never have satisfactory work in your life. You'll never have anything. You'll never have any joy. You'll never have any peace. You'll never have any hope. You'll never be able to imagine anything. You'll never be able to dream about anything because everything you go about is predicated on you saying they think I'm unacceptable because I see myself as unacceptable, so they must see me as unacceptable, and so I'm going to interpret everything they say, everything they do. Even if I want to go for a new job, they won't accept me because I'm unacceptable. Before you even apply for the job, you stop applying for new jobs. You stop dreaming about new things because you have projected that image onto everybody around you. This is so unhealthy. So we have to guard against this. If we are self-aware, if we have done a personal inventory of ourselves and we are, we understand that we have been rejected and we will, we will be rejected. There are going to be times that we are rejected. We're going to fail and we're going to be rejected. It's just part of life. But we use that to help us grow. We use that. We go from the rejected to the dejected back into hope, back into imagination. We grieve it long enough that we understand there was a death of a dream, there was a death of an ideal, there was a death of an imagination. We understand that. We move from that stage healthily. We move from that back into imagination. Listen, that was that. I'm done with that. Okay, let's move on. I can still do. I'm still worth it. I'm still valuable. I'm still someone that can add value to someone. And begin adding value to someone. That's a good way to move out of the dejected back into hope is begin to do something to add value to someone else. John Maxwell talks about adding value to people all the time because once you begin to do something for someone else, to do something that makes you valuable to them, you add value to their life, do something not expecting anything in return, not expecting to get anything back from. You don't do something, give to get. You just give because it's good to give. There's a scripture that says it's better to give than receive. A lot of people say, well, I don't know. I sure like receiving. Well, I like receiving too, but until you've really given with no ulterior motives, until you've really given of yourself with no idea that you're going to get anything back, if you start adding value to people that can't give you anything back, 
That's where you're going to feel the most satisfaction. That's going to bring you out of that funk that you were rejected, you were turned down, you grieved that death of the dream, but then you start adding value to someone that can't even give back to you. That's when you move back into the hope. That's when you move back into dreaming. That's when you move back into peace. And that's when you move healthily through the whole process. Understanding that's going to happen in your life. It's going to be part of it. But once you start moving into the reflected stage that you see yourself, and then you start moving to the projected stage where you think people are seeing you that way because you see yourself that way, those are the unhealthy areas. We must avoid moving into those things. We're going to be tempted to do that, especially if we're prone to self-pity. I mean, I have to I have to admit I have this aptitude to be pitiful, just to be self-pity. I have pity parties, and I have them all by myself. I enjoy partying by myself because it's a pity party. Now, I have in the past tried to bring other people into my pity party. My poor wife, because I'm melancholy, I'm up and down, up and down, up and down, and that's just who I am. I mean, my ups are not as high, my lows are not as low. I've balanced out, but I'm always going to be that way. I'm always going to be up on the mountaintop. I'm always going to be down in the valley. I'm going to be up and down. That's just how I am. That's how I'm made. It helps with who I am, with my perceiving, with my leadership, with my teaching. It helps because I get passionate about things. So I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing because I'm up sometimes and I'm down sometimes. If you're prone to have pity parties, you'll move from that dejected into the reflected stage so easily. So we have to guard against that. We have to do something. Once we've grieved the death of that dream, then we go add value to someone else. We start dreaming a new dream or we start amending that dream saying, okay, that wasn't the right one. We're going to change it. We're going to do it this way. I still want to accomplish this. I want to do this specific thing, but I'm going to approach it from a different way. Once we do that, then we've dealt with rejection properly in our lives and we become so totally self-aware that when we do experience rejection, when we do experience inferiority, when we do experience failure, that we're not going to be nosedive into depression. We will grieve it, we'll mourn it, but then we'll move on. And that's when you're going to be more effective. You have more aptitude to be able to have compassion for people and be able to help people more once you're not focusing on yourself so much, because once we move into that reflected stage, we're focusing on ourselves, then we lose sight of anybody else. So we become self-centered, self-focused. We start looking inward. Everything's about us. And you got to understand, it's not all about you. I mean, we have to take care of ourselves. We have to look out for ourselves. We have ideas. We have passions. We have dreams. We have goals. We have ambitions. We have all that stuff, but we cannot be so self focus so self-centered that we lose sight of everybody else because it is all about us adding value to other people, being there for other people. If we're leading a team, it's about we, not me, because if it starts being about me, the we's going to leave you alone and you're going to have to deal with everything on your own. You're going to fail then because you're not going to have the team with you. You're not going to have people beside you. If you're in a relationship and it starts becoming about you only, you're going to lose that relationship. So it's got to still be about we. And lose the me part of it. You take care of yourself. You don't neglect yourself. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you keep your mind conscious of it's about us. And so how is this affecting that other person? And I need to get myself out of this so that I can be there for that other person. So rejection is something you're going to experience. And you're going to experience it until you die. There will never be a time when you never experience rejection. It may be fewer and farther between. 
but there's never going to be a time that you do not experience rejection. But how you deal with that, how you move into the stages, if you go through the first two stages and then move out of it, you're good. But if you don't move out it before you go into that third stage, then you're doomed. You're gonna, it's going to be harder to deal with. I'm not saying you can't get out of it. I'm just saying that it's going to be harder to move out of that once you've moved into that third stage, that reflected stage. It's going to be harder. And then when you get into the projected stage, you're almost going to be stuck there. Unless something jolts you and something wakes you up, hopefully this podcast wakes somebody up and sees that they're in the projected and they're projecting it on everybody else. Because people that say bad things always happen to me, I want to tell you more than likely, I'm not saying, not making a general statement that this is the way for everybody, more than likely, it's your own perception that has caused this to happen because the way you reacted to things that were said, the way you reacted to things that were done, the way you even approached someone was unhealthy because you saw yourself as rejected and you project them seeing you as rejected. So you approach it that way. And so you have doomed your dream. You've doomed the whole relationship. You've doomed the situation at work or whatever by going into it with this whole mindset of they think I'm unacceptable. They think when they don't think that. One of the things I we've got to understand is we've got to not think less of ourselves, but think of ourselves less. You'll, you'll be so totally surprised to understand how little people think about you. Not how they think you're little, um, how little amount of time they spend thinking about you because they're thinking about themselves, just like you're thinking about yourself. But so if we go in thinking everybody's always thinking about us, everybody's judging us, everybody's thinking about us, I'm here to tell you more than likely, nine times out of ten, they're not thinking about you because they're thinking about them. They're thinking about their own situation, their own failures, their own things. They've all got their own issues. Even though they look like they've got it all together, they act like they've got it all together. I mean, when I was, we were having a get-together with my dad's family and my dad's youngest brother, my Uncle Rick, I was, I don't know, I was probably in my 40s or so, close to 40s. And we were sitting together and he looked at me and he said, Bubba, because my nickname in the family is Bubba, he said, Bubba, you have always intimidated me. Even as a little boy, you intimidated me. And I said, seriously? Why would I intimidate you? He said, because you always walked with this confident air, like you knew what you were doing and you were in charge. You you had this confidence about you, this air about you. And Rick is, Uncle Rick was the one that we all admired because he was this outgoing, gregarious, everybody loved Uncle Rick. I admired him, but he he said, you intimidated me. So see, people are compensating for, for inferior because it was a lie. I felt so inferior. I felt so inadequate, but I compensa- overcompensated for it most of the time. So when you see people that look like they've got it all together, they look like they're so confident. Don't be so sure of it because they're probably dealing with insecurities of their own and that's how they're dealing with it. So they're not thinking about you. We need to get that mindset. Listen, people aren't thinking about us all the time, every day, every minute of the day or night. They're thinking about their own issues. And so we think about our issues. We deal with ourselves. We, we grow ourselves. And then we get, add value to other people. And then we're going to grow in life. We're going to succeed in life. Things are going to start happening good for us. We're going to stop projecting on other people. We're going to stop thinking bad things always happen to me. We're going to stop that mindset because it only happens because we're projecting it on ourselves. And I'm here to tell you that that needs to end because you 
can have benefit. You are someone that that can add value to me, to those around you. And if you're not adding value to me, then you're cheating me because I need to see you full on. I need to see you the way you were designed to be, the way God created you to be. And if I'm not seeing that, I'm being cheated of that aspect of you. And I want to know everything I can. I want to see you the way you are fully designed to be. So that's the four stages, the four steps of rejection. And I hope that I've helped someone. I believe that this is something that I've dealt with all my life and I'm learning to deal with in a better way. So I wanted to share it with you. Hey, listen, I'll see you next time on the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Share about it. You can go to Twitter to Discover You Pod. At Discover You Pod is the Twitter handle. Got an email address, discoveryoupod at gmail.com. You can email me if you want to. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Also, if you want to, you can click on the link for the, the podcast, and there's a link there. You can support the podcast on a monthly basis. This will help me to get more interviews, which I'm doing. I'm interviewing more people. I want to interview interesting people so that you can hear stories from interesting people. So it'll help me to get equipment so that I can go and do interviews, help me to do the production. I want to bring a team on to help make this better so I don't have to do everything. I'm doing everything, but I'm not good at everything. So I'm wanting to bring other people on. So I'd like to build a team around us. And this is my calling. This is what I'm called to do. I hope you will consider that. Please click the link, join us, join others that are helping to sponsor us on a monthly basis. There are people that are helping us monthly basis, and I thank them so much for being partners with us. And you too can be part of this, helping people to learn more about themselves and grow as a person so they can be more beneficial to society. We can all learn to be who God created us to be. Well, thanks again for joining me on the Discover You podcast. I hope to see you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Discover You podcast with your host, James Hooper. This podcast exists to help you grow both spiritually and personally. If you enjoyed it and think others could benefit from the content provided, please go to your favorite podcast platform and leave a review and rating. This will help others find us more easily. Also, if you haven't already, subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for joining us for the Discover You podcast.